Mark Cuban. Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me. David Stern. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them, and thanks for having me on. Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Taylor. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And your preparation shows you. Tim Howard. Well, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. A fascinating conversation lined up for you with Al Guido, the president of the San Francisco 49ers, the chairman and CEO of Elevate Sports Ventures, which is a collaboration between Harris Blitzer, CAA, Oakview Group, and Live Nation Ticketmaster. Guido, really sharp executive. And we try and imagine what does it look like coming out of COVID-19. And if you think about it, Guido is really well positioned both as an advisor via Elevate and as the president of the 49ers because he's based in Silicon Valley where he has access to some of the best medical experts, some of the best minds when it comes to tech in the world. It's a fascinating conversation. He even breaks a little bit of news in uh, what he tells me about the upcoming draft. So you're going to want to listen to that conversation coming up. But first, I'm joined virtually by executive producer Brian Griggs. Griggs, how are you? I'm doing good. And that interview, Al, is just one of those guys, You he's so involved with so many different parts and aspects of, you know, entertainment and football and everything else. He just, uh, he's got a mind that just keeps going forever. So cool conversation. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, Levi Stadium is, is one of the most advanced, uh, technologically advanced stadiums in the world and some of the things they're doing there. And then, yeah, through Elevate, he's working not only with NFL people, but with NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA. He's working across all of the sports. So he has been very tied into various leagues, conversations with team presidents, league officials, medical people, uh, sponsors, tech people. So he's very... He, I would say if I were picking like the top five people who can imagine what this looks like coming out of this, kind of like a hard reset after 9-11, I'd put Al on that top five. He, he's really sharp, and I think you're going to enjoy some of the things that uh, he shares with us today. Griggs, uh, a few headlines. One, the XFL has suspended operations slash I think they folded. Um, so they announced that over the weekend, and – you know, I have a lot of friends with the XFL and I was sad to see them lose their jobs. And, um, but that's happening a lot in sports right now. But then on Monday, Griggs, we find out that they filed chapter 11 and they're trying to sell the XFL. That's never good when you're chapter 11 and you owe Bob Stoops and Mark Tressman lots of money, hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think they owe Stoops a million dollars. Um, they've got a lot of creditors. It doesn't sound promising that we're going to see XFL again. Yeah, and we've talked about this a little bit off and on on the show about how it's kind of, we've always wondered, is it going to be successful? Is it going to move forward? Is it going to get be able to pay the athletes, pay the people, like you said, the investors? So this COVID came at the wrong time for the XFL, and we're seeing that uh, come to fruition now. Did you watch any of the horse competition over the weekend? I sure did, and... uh 
entertaining for a while and then it was kind of it just kind of started to drag for me so i flipped it off but i did watch you know i watched chris paul's section quite a bit and a little bit of the uh, trey young too it was i mean i i appreciate what they tried to do but the wi-fi or the you know just the the connection it, it looked like we were watching someone land on the moon <laughs> not not 2020 you know where you see high def and and all of these things i guess you know, we've been so trained to be able to look at things from every different angle and have an HD picture. It just seemed like, you know, it was it was sketchy in that regard. So once I saw that, I was kind of like after five minutes, I I agree with JJ Reddick. I, I wasn't really very much into it. Yeah, it's funny. My son came out about halfway through. It was on. He's like, Dad, what are you watching? It's like 1980 something. <laughs> I was like, you're right. <laughs> he thought it was ESPN classic or something. You're like, nope, this is taking place now. And this is what happens when you send pro athletes cameras and tell them to set it up. And, you know, they have sketchy Wi-Fi at their, at their house. Um, that was interesting. Uh, NFL draft is coming up and NFL network, ESPN, ABC, I think they're going to share the same feed. That'll probably make things a lot easier. But we've got a few drafts coming up, Griggs. The WNBA draft is coming up uh, later this week. That's going to be on ESPN. And then we've got the NFL draft coming up at the end of the month. Both virtual drafts. And as we discussed with Al Guido today, I mean, we've never seen anything like this in our lifetimes where we've had a virtual draft and GMs and, and team personnel are drafting from their home offices. Yeah, it's a first in a lifetime for anybody and all of us, and it'll be kind of an adventure. And like you said, I think the key is connectivity. I mean, it, hopefully they can get that dialed in where it's a good, clean picture and you can hear it and we don't have massive delays and all that. But I'm sure there'll be some glitches early on. Hopefully they can figure out as it goes on. But it'll be interesting to see how they handle it and how it moves forward. But it'll be fun to see something a little bit you know, different and live and new and fresh content. I like that. All right. Last but not least, a warning to all. I do have a company called Everything is on the Record. Chip Ganassi Racing has fired uh, Kyle Larson, driver, after he made a racial slur on a video. Look, we're all on social media more than ever right now, a lot of us, and we're using technologies and things like that. Everything you post could be, you know, your last post or could get you fired or reflects on you in some way, shape, or form. But now, Griggs, because... There's no games going on and there's not a lot going on in the world right now. Everything that's said on social media is amplified. So if you look at what Kyle Larson did, like this was very easy. It didn't get lost amongst anything. It was very easy to find what was going on. And, uh, you know, you can't say stuff like that. And your partners don't want to be tied to you after you do say things like that. Yeah, I mean, look, we're all sponges right now. We're all looking for new content. We're on social media. We're on every single platform we can be on just trying to absorb stuff. So you're right. When you make a mistake like that, triple the people, probably even more than that, are going to see it instantly. And he uh, he's paying the consequence. Anything else going on in the uh, Griggs household that we should know about? You know, you guys did some ping pong. We've been tearing up the uh, driveway with the basketball court. So that's been our kind of outside thing to do lately. Yes. Your son's going to be like ready for the NBA after this. Yeah, that's what I'm like. Practice, man. You can get better than all the kids that are sitting on the couch right now. All right. Coming up next, Al Guido, the president of the San Francisco 49ers, chairman and CEO of Elevate Sports Ventures, a really insightful look into the climate right now. And what does the new normal look like in the sports world coming out of this? You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. 
Nearly 20 years ago, Boingo dreamed of a world where people could connect to the wireless internet anywhere with any device. Today, that dream is reality, and Boingo has been at the forefront. Now more than ever, staying connected is what matters most. Boingo keeps people connected to the people and things they love with next-generation networks built for the 5G era. They are the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., and they work with sports teams across the NFL, NBA, MLS, NCAA, and more. From 5G and CBRS to DAS and Wi-Fi, Boingo is a trusted partner for staying connected now and in the future. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. Connectivity is more important than ever, and you can learn more by visiting boingo.com or emailing sbradio at boingo.com. That's sbradio at boingo.com. My guest is Al Guido. He is the president of the San Francisco 49ers. He's the chairman and CEO of Elevate Sports Ventures, which is a partnership between Harris Blitzer, CAA, Oakview Group, and Live Nation Ticketmaster. You can find him on Twitter at Al Guido. He oversees all key business initiatives for the 49ers. He also concurrently serves as the CEO and co-managing partner of Elevate Sports Ventures, which works together to bring comprehensive business solutions to the sports and entertainment industry that identify new revenue opportunities and bring new innovative ideas to market. Al, thanks for joining us on Sports Business Radio. How are you? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. So I've been starting off all my interviews in the last month, month and a half or so with the work from home setup. And obviously we're in a different climate right now than we've ever been before. Walk us through your work from home setup and, and just how your job has changed. No problem. Well, I'll walk you through a day life this morning. It's my daughter's 11th birthday. So oh, happy birthday. Thank you. It's like work from home birthday time. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and I spent my morning blowing up balloons and having a good time. But, uh, my work from home setup is right now we're in the process of moving into a new house. So I, uh, we're in our current house. So I'm working in multiple different bedrooms or the living room, um, wherever I can get. Uh, I got three little girls at home. So, uh, you know, I'm trying to make sure that I stay connected. And frankly, it's been great. It's, uh, it's been really easy. I mean, this digital transformation, you know, certainly being here in the Bay Area and connected to great partners. You know, I've had so much different collaboration across teams, leagues, brands, etc. So it's actually been a, a really easy, um, you know, a really easy setup. So how are you communicating with your employees, your partners? You know, some people are using Zoom. More people are, are doing, you know, teleconferences or, or high tech types of things since everyone's isolated and working from home. Walk us through that. Well, the good news at this point is I think I've learned every platform. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, uh, you know, we, uh, we have a great partner in Cisco. So I've used Cisco WebEx platform. I've used Zoom. I've used Microsoft Teams to connect. Uh, I've used GoToMeeting. Um, and so it really just depends. I mean, I try to do all of my calls, um, you know, on, on a platform where I can see people. I think it's good to have that, you know, you can see body language, get that sort of human connection, even though you're not right next to them. Um, and frankly, we're doing quite a bit of presentations um, on all of those platforms. And business has been good for us. I mean, from an Elevate perspective, you know, we continue to hammer away. I mean, there's, you know, it's funny, Brian, like, you know, I don't know, well, funny is probably not the right word, but it's been interesting in the sense that there's never been a point in my career 
where frankly we've all been trying to sort of set least to solve the same problem. Hmm. Um, and you know, that part has led to, there's always been great collaboration on the business side of sports where we always say, Oh, best practices from this or best practices from that. But for all of us, like we're all battling a little bit of the unknown and we're all reliant on, you know, frontline workers who, are doing an unbelievably job. It's heroic and inspiring, you know, to see those who are battling this. And we as the sports community, I'm just inspired, like on a daily basis, you know, all these calls I have. And I last yesterday I was on a call with 10 team presidents. The day before I was on a call with, you know, 20 of our clients. Um, you know, I talked to Rick Welts almost every other day with the Warriors here in my own market. Um, and I'm just I'm really, really inspired by the by the collaboration. And we're all trying to figure out, you know, frankly, um, you know what the new normal looks like when we get out of this. And so um, honestly, communication has been the easiest part. Frankly, I almost feel more connected now than than I, than I was before this. Interesting. Uh, I want to talk to you about the new normal in a minute. But I saw yesterday you delivered coffee to frontline medical workers. What's the feedback you're getting from them? I mean, they're just unbelievably appreciative of the support. You know, they at times feel alone in all this. Um, I, it, this hits home for me. I have family members, including my sister, who's a nurse. Um, and so, you know, I think in this day and age, you know, we're again, we're all pulling for the same people. And, um, for me to go out there and, and, you know, just help out in any way I could, they're all tired. They're all working hard. You know, they're all doing double shifts. Um, you know, there was thousands and thousands of nurses and doctors walking by. So just to, to give them my thanks and continue to tell them to charge on. Um, I, I know, look, it, it probably did more for me, frankly, than it did for them. I, I left, I came back, I had a call with my executive team and, uh, you know, frankly, I was, it was, it was emotional because you, you, you know, you're in your house and you're watching TV and all the news is on, um, and it becomes a little bit like Groundhog Day, right? You, you get up, you, you do a routine, you, you turn you turn some television on maybe while you're working and you listen to all of it. Uh, and it was a nice break to go out there and interact with the folks that are battling this. And I can tell you they're uh, they're fighting harder than anyone can can imagine. And, and they want to fix this and and do the best for the people that are patients that are dealing with now, but also. You know, to try to find a cure and, and a vaccine so, you know, that we can all get back to normal and enjoy the things we all love. And, and part of that sports. Yeah, no, that's great that you did that. And uh, they are doing incredible work. And, you know, like you said, I, our job is to stay home and our job pales in comparison to what they're doing. So the least we can do is is stay home. Um, the new normal. So Levi Stadium has hosted the Super Bowl, WrestleMania, Major League Soccer, multiple Pac-12 football championships, Taylor Swift, the NHL Outdoor Classic, the biggest events around Levi Stadium has hosted. There was a hard reset with a lot of protocols after 9-11, and I feel like we're going to have a reset coming out of this. You're in Silicon Valley, as you've mentioned, with some of the brightest minds in the world as far as tech goes. Reimagine changes to entering Levi Stadium for me, if you can. Or have you thought about that yet? Are you talking to Rick Welts and others about what's the new normal going to look like? Well, I, I, I'm talking to everybody I can, to be honest. And, you know, that starts with at the NFL level. It starts with 
tactical engineer and the security group and operations. And so, you know, I think for the, you know, you know, just stepping back, we all go to, you know, when this happened, I, I went to take care of my family, take care of my staff, take care of my players, right. Take care of everybody, you know, take care of my fans. And when you look through that lens um, and you want to make sure that that health and safety is paramount, you know, it's all about obviously cleaning your building, Right. And then it becomes, frankly, what the protocols do look like. You're right, Brian. Is, is, a, is there a world in which, you know, we didn't let certain things in the stadium, but now we do? Is there a world in which um, we order millions of masks? Because I think there's going to be two versions of the normal, right? There's going to be the version probably that we all live in where maybe there's not a vaccine, um, but we feel good that the, the curve is flattened and that you know, arguably our medical systems can deal with the capacity and maybe there's some medicines out there that, you know, while it might not be a vaccine, will certainly help you get through this. And during that time, if we have live events or when we have live events with fans, you know, is it going to be that everyone's wearing a mask? You know, is it going to be that everyone has gloves on? You know, are you, it's, you know, we were having a conversation with my chief marketing officer, you know, I love basketball where behind the basket and foul line, we used to have those thunder sticks they used to call them, right? Do we live in a world where, you know, we know fans can't make as much noise as they have masks on and gloves and we provide some of that in the building. Um, and so we're having all of those conversations right now. And then I think there's the world, you know, post vaccine and, and, you know, hopefully that world doesn't look anywhere, you know, different than than what we're currently dealing with or what we were dealing with prior to all of this, which is f- people feel comfortable. They feel engaged. And it's that social celebration, frankly, with strangers that you never get anywhere else. It's why I love sports. It's why, you know, obviously playing it growing up, I loved it as a, as a player and as a, as a member of a team. What I've come to love about the business side over my time in this workforce is one, obviously the people that I get to do this with, but two, that sports is unique in the sense that there's no other place in the world where you can be immediate, where you're immediate, you know, where you're strangers with someone. And within the first five seconds, you're immediately like best friends and you're high fiving and you're hugging each other around a good play. Right. And I think maybe we don't get back to that right away. Right. Maybe there's, we all live it or we go in grocery stores, we see it, right. You might not feel that comfort level, and so I think there's going to be two versions of the normal. I think there's going to be the normal, you know, pre-vaccine, and then there's going to be the normal post-vaccine. And my hope is post-vaccine, you know, we can get back to that, you know, the, the reality pre-COVID um, where we all came together to celebrate these tremendous players, these tremendous moments, these tremendous experiences. So we've talked about kind of the safety issue. Is it gloves? Is it masks? Things like that. You know, I've even talked to uh, CEOs who have said, are we going to have infrared at the gates and you're going to have infrared technology used on you to see, you know, or you run at a temperature or anything like that. Um, a little bit like you do at, at airports. But the other part of this, Al, is people are losing their disposable income right now. People are losing lots of money. They're losing their jobs. So affordability around sports is going to be more important than ever. I know you guys are the first ever team in sports to do uh, concessions is part of your ticket price. Are we going to need to do things like that in order to entice people to leave their home and come to a sporting event in person? Absolutely. We're going to have to work harder than we've ever worked on this front. Um, you know, look, I think it's two things, Brian. I think it's obviously the impacts of the economy and 
yeah, I'm feeling that personally. My brother got furloughed out of his job. And, mm. and so you, you understand, you know, I'm seeing this from, again, my sister's nurse angle to my brother's angle to, and so you, you understand that, that ultimately, you know, share of wallet and or disposable income is going to be impacted. And, and that's why look, we're, we're pulling for all these people because the sooner we can get out of this, the better it is for everyone. Um, but you're right. I mean, on, on our side, we tried to remove that friction point around coming to a game. Um, frankly, we felt like, you know, a hot dog should cost what a hot dog should cost on the street and, and why shouldn't it be included? And all of us have included it to some degree, you know, maybe a couple thousand seats here and there, but frankly, it was both a technological challenge and an operational challenge. And technology's come so far that you, know, you can identify season ticket holders and those who are your most loyal fans, and you should be able to get back to those. And we felt like going to an all-inclusive menu across 60,000 season ticket holders was the right thing to do. Frankly, we thought it was, you know, where the industry was going to head in the next couple of years. I mean, you know, if you think about it, and even in this crisis, um, you know, digital transformation in sports was happening. If you think about mobile ticketing um, and or content, but digital transformation now has also happened in the workforce. You know, I mean, if you, I mean, a CEO, um, Bill McDermott and I were having a conversation and, you know, he mentioned both to me and then on television, you know, 40% of the companies in the world prior to this didn't have a work from home policy. Hmm. And so, you know, what will that, what will the new look like? What will the, the new world look like coming out of this? And so, I break it down into it's been absolutely easy to connect with our friends, frankly, even easier because as people to our, our point when we first got on this, they've learned these technology platforms. You know, I got my parents on, you know, video conferencing messages, which wasn't easy. It took probably you know, 20 minutes to get them. <laughs> up, but you're doing the same thing with fans, right? So you're connecting with friends and families and partners and fans even more than what you were doing before because it's not so much just email or text or phone call, right? You can actually see them. And then, you know, in the, in the world in which, you know, frankly, you know, people are coming into a venue um, that's going to be tougher because we're all going to be starting back up at similar times. Right. And so there's going to be an abundance of content. And so those who, um, you know, share of eyeballs as we always talk about, right. And all these leagues are somewhat spaced out, but now, you can you can envision a world where we would come back. All of these things are going to be on television. All of these things are going to have the ability to go to hopefully games. And so what are you doing as a brand? You know, what are we doing at the 49ers? What are we helping our clients to elevate to stand out? And I think some of that is price. I think some of that is experience. I think a lot of that is health and safety. Right. What are we doing? Um and frankly, you know, I think we're all going to think through what our value propos- proposition looks like coming out of this pandemic. Um, and, you know, it's price is one part of that matrix, but there's a whole host of things that I think we're going to have to do and do well to make sure that when we come out, we come out strong. What about your sponsors and business partners? What kind of conversations are you having with them right now? Because, you know, NFL season is not going on right now, so it's not like they're missing activations. But this has changed some of their budgets and, and some of their thinking and, and some of their plans. It, it absolutely has, Brian. You're right. What I would say is um, I've been I've been talking to a number of them, um, both in my 49ers world and my Elevate world, and they all are, they all continue to work, right? I think in this 
you know, whether it's shut down or like nothing's, I don't feel like anything's shut down. And frankly, I'm working harder now than I, I probably had before. That's what um, a lot of people are saying. Yeah. Well, look, I, I, you know, if you, there's, there's multiple books out there, articles, right. Ben Horowitz and, you know, wrote, you know, wartime CEO and look, this wartime is different, right? It's, it's, we're, we're at, you know, war with a pandemic and a little bit of the unknowns. And so, you know, what does a wartime CEO or president look like? I'm closer to my teams and what they're experiencing personally and professionally than I've ever been, you know, um, because you have to be, right? You're communicating even more. And then on the partner side, they all know coming out of this, um, what I'm most, you know, and I'm encouraged about in the sports world is it is going to be another place, if not the place for them to communicate their message, right? And if you, if you, Turn on the televisions now on the weekends. This weekend I watched the Masters of last year. And there's a number of companies that have, um, you know, updated their ad messaging in and around uh, COVID and what they are doing um, from a social responsibility perspective and a community. And so I think about it at the local levels of all of these teams. We, the team, and then along with our partner, and again, this is where, like, we're aligned, like, not, like, like no time ever in my in my history, which is we all want to give back to those who are obviously either fighting this, those have, who've been impacted, whether they've gotten the virus or their family's gotten the virus, you know, whether we want to make sure that our fans who even haven't gotten it, you know, understand where they can get antibody tests. Um, and then, you know, how are we, the team, making sure that we keep those fans safe and healthy along with our players and, we need all of our partners to do that. Like I have a partner in Dignity Health here. I mean, there's no better person to talk to than, you know, hey, what's antibody testing going to look like? And how can I make sure that my season ticket holders get the best access to it when it comes out along with my players, right? Cisco, hey, how do I get to a point where I'm communicating across all of my fans and my partners? Levi's, how am I, you know, taking a company that's, you know, so embedded in the San Francisco Bay Area, right, from its origins to maybe not make blue jeans for a little while, but make masks for people that come in. And so every single one of these conversations with these partners is all about, frankly, what they can do alongside of us as a big brand, a global entity um, to you know, get that message out around ways in which uh, they can help folks get through this. Yeah, it's interesting, Al. Because of where you were located geographically in Silicon Valley, I feel like you're as well positioned as anyone in the NFL and certainly in the seat you sit in with Elevate to advise your clients because the medical community and the, and the tech community, you are in the, the hotbed of it. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. We're trying to do a great job. I mean, I'm, I am blessed. I truly blessed to, you know, to have the partners in my backyard to have all of these conversations with and we're doing, um, you know, is, is we, we can always do a better job here, but I'm really on the, on the, even on my NFL side, I just sent a note to, again, all these team presence working groups around things that we're looking at and, and potentially rules that we might want to lift. I mean, I think this is a great time to, to be innovative. And, you know, if there's a rule in the NFL that, Frankly, we should look at a moratorium on that for one year because it doesn't make any sense in, in the new world and we should do it. And, you know, so that's on the NFL side, on the, on the Elevate side, 
I feel like, you know, we have so much knowledge because we're working across, you know, whether it's MLB, NBA, NHL, MLS, you know, I mean, you name it, cricket, right? I I, I have all of these, these different perspectives. And so what we're doing a good job, what we're trying to do a good job of is sharing those best practices. Like we have a newsletter, we have a call, right? We're sharing what this team's doing, what this team's doing. Um, because again, frankly, like, we're not in a world where we're against each other. We're in a world where we all know we got to figure it out. And, and access to information is key right now. Um, we're all sort of striving for it. We're making calls every single day to get, you know, the most up to date information. And we, we're a service industry, um, at the Elevate side, right? We're, we're there to help our partners, um, you know, be the best that they can be. And so frankly, I think it's our jobs to be able to share that information on a daily basis. The NFL draft is coming up. Team facilities are closed, which means that John Lynch and, and your football ops people are going to be setting up Command Central in their independent homes. How has that setup changed everything? Because, I mean, honestly, we've never seen a pro draft run like this where it's being done virtually and everyone's operating, you know, making picks from their own homes. I know you're on the business side, but how are you helping your football ops people pull this off? Every day I'm on calls um, handling this. And, and so when, when this, obviously we, we had a, we had a feeling we were going to be in a virtual world because, you know, frankly, we just didn't think that, you know, the governors in so, some of these states, again, like not all 32 are the same, right? Some markets have been hit harder than others, but certainly in our backyard, we did not feel that it was appropriate to be going back into the office when other people aren't going in. And so we worked hard, we pushed the, you know, the NFL and obviously they pushed us too to do this virtual draft. And, and so we, we got home. Um, it happened pretty early for us. If you think it was like early March. I mean, I even had a call with Rick Welts two days prior to, um, you know, the Warriors shutting down and, you know, he sort of give me, he's like, Hey, Al, I think, you know, given Mayor London breed and the NBA, we're not sure. And so we've been in this work at home from a little while, for a little while, we've hardwired John Lynch's house. We've hardwired Kyle Shanahan's house. And so every day I'm on phone call with them and, or the NFL getting this set up. And so it's really a, a two prong approach. The, the communication with the NFL is actually the easy part. Um, there's going to be one person central, you know, that's going to be John Lynch. He's communicating with the national football league and making picks. Um, it's the internal you know, communication because you have your salary cap people, you have all of your scouts, you have all of your coaches, right? You have all of your medical staff. Um, so there's just so many people in the room. There could be upwards of 20 to 30 people, depending upon, you know, where you're at in the decision-making process that need to have input. And, you know, all of those people need to be on a different call and without sharing the platform for, for purposes of security reasons on this call, um, we have worked with our partners to make sure that's secure because our biggest concern was once we got past the point of actually being able to do it, the next concern went to, wow, how are we going to secure this? Because, you know, millions and millions and millions of people are going to be tuning into this draft right. and every hacker in America or all across the globe, wouldn't it be cool to say that you hacked into a draft room? Um, and so we feel really good about that. And, and frankly, I think it's, you know, I, I think it's going to go off great. The one thing we push for as a league, as a team, um, and I spoke to the NFL about this again, as part of this working session with these team presidents was I wanted to have a mock draft. I felt like, you know, in this day and age, like sometimes it's hard to get 32 teams on a conference call. Right. Not everybody hits mute. Not everybody does the video right. <laughs> Hear dogs so barking. Said, 
Exactly. So I said, hey, guys, can we just do a mock draft? I'm like, what are we going to mock draft? I said, well, just let's do last year's draft. Like, let's just everybody take the same picks they took, make the same trades they took for a round or two, practice that on time. And if we can pull that off, then it will be no different than what happens during the draft. And so I, I feel really good. That's going to happen on the 20th. And, uh, you know, we'll work out whatever kinks there are and, you know, get on the phone the next day. But uh, we're in a really, really good spot. That's really good. Um, you know, we talked about employees being more connected and working from home, but athletes, I mean, I, I've interviewed athletes in the last few weeks on this show and some people are forced to like use uh, bottled water in a suitcase as weights and they're not as connected. Others have videos being sent to them, workout videos that they can do at home. Are we going to be more connected to the athletes in their homes after this? In other words, you know, do you see the the day where teams are setting up internal communication systems where they can communicate with their athletes and have them continue workouts and diets and, and essentially train them while they're at home? I could definitely see that. I mean, you know, not knowing every single like the bargaining agreement rule rule and policy. Right, and that's right. also part of it. It's like it's funny to me, it's like when you when you look at some of these rules, they might be antiquated already for what the new world is going to look like. Um, and, you know, so for us, I, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been good because we've been able to keep contact with our players. Um, obviously we, we live in a, you know, just somewhat remote world relative to our playbooks and those things. And so we can continue that. Yeah. I think the challenge is, as you know, it, it can only go on for so long, right? There, there are pros to that, which is you can stay connected during off times. The team can get together um, in a virtual sense, but you know, we all know, right. If, if you're part of team sports, the camaraderie that you build as being part of, you know, a locker room, so to say, you know, there's nothing like it. I mean, there's just not a lot that you, you know, there's not a lot of other businesses, frankly, that have those same dynamics and putting a group of people together, um, you know, a collection of talent that ultimately needs to become a team. Um, you need to do that in person. You need to do it through, you know, sweat and grit and, you know, practice. And obviously that can't happen virtually. So I think there's pros to it. Um, but certainly there's no doubt that we're all, you know, yearning for the days where we can get our guys back on the field and back together. The new normal. One more question on this. And, and again, this is all hypothetical, but you are closer to this than I am, obviously. But, you know, I've also talked to people in various sports and they're saying maybe sports becomes more regional coming out of this where there's less cross country travel. Obviously, you're playing in a division where you're playing, you know, the teams in your division who are geographically central to where you are for the most part. But you're also playing, you know, non-division games that require travel. In sports in general, do you see a scenario where maybe the first year or two coming out of this, maybe there's a little bit more playing games closer to home instead of traveling across country? I can see, I can see that world to a degree. Um, I think so much of it's going to depend on where we're at from a, from a medical perspective. Right. I, mean, I, I I, I get your point. I think maybe what might happen is the teams themselves travel, but you know, the 49ers, we've been blessed. We have such these large fan base that, that ultimately come on the road with us. And then there's, there's two ways, right? They either live in those markets or, or they travel to those markets. And, and maybe, you know, frankly, some of that gets impacted where, 
you know, a lot more of our fans in our, obviously our home games, our local, our road games, maybe we got more of a road atmosphere than we might like. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know that, you know, I know in my conversations with the National Football League, um, there's not a lot of, con- you know, there's not a lot of debate right now around changing the quote unquote schedule or how we go about who we play and where. Um, but I think it's an interesting point. I, I think that, I think it's probably more from an income perspective and where we're at relative to the medical piece where how comfortable will I feel traveling, um, and to where. And so I, I, but I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic that again, I think there'll be the two norms, right? The norm where we come back and there's fans and we may or may not have a vaccine and then the norm post vaccine. And I'm, I'm confident that the norm post vaccine will frankly be, you know, not much different than the world that we used to live in. Yeah. All right. Last question. This is an important one. You played wide receiver for the College of New Jersey. Who's your NFL comp? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll, I'll pick like a, a 49er, um, player, um, because let's just stick with our, with our home team. Yes. Uh, I'm, and because I'm, I'm similar size to, 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 uh, this receiver from in a, you know, a slot perspective, let's just say a Trent Taylor. Okay. Um, when, when I was in college, you know, people would say, uh, a, a poor man. And he's one of our coaches. So I'll use this one. A, a poor man's West Welker. <laughs> so so, so I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll take a very poor man's West Welker. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I love it. Al Guido, the president of the San Francisco 49ers, chairman and CEO of Elevate Sports Ventures. You can follow him on Twitter at Al Guido. Al, I know how busy you are. Thank you for taking the time to join me. I really appreciate having me on. Thank you so much. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. If you're working from home now like I am, you still need to look professional. Many of us are doing Zoom conferences or FaceTime calls with business associates. That's why I turn to my Mizzen and Main dress shirts. I need to look good from the waist up, but I also want to be comfortable. Mizzen and Main is like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for comfort while working from home. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenandMain.com code SBR. Guess what? Mizzen and Main also make super comfortable wrinkle-free pants and shorts, so you can check those out as well. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com. Use promo code SBR to get $10 off your next purchase. That's MizzenandMain.com, code SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our sports business radio roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com. Open Doors helps athletes share content on social. Founded in 2012 by two former Nebraska football players, Open Doors has become the world's leading athlete marketing platform. 
More than 6,000 athletes around the world use Open Doors to receive content from partners and publish to their personal social channels like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all with one click. Open Doors makes it easier than ever before for brands, including sponsors and licensees and properties, to push approved content through the player's social channels. Leading sports organizations like the PGA Tour, NFL Players Association, Major League Baseball Players Association, the LPGA, and dozens of professional and collegiate sports teams use the platform to send video highlights, photos, GIFs, and more to athletes. The publishing process is very easy and convenient. Once registered, athletes receive a text message when their team, league, or brand partner has content for them to share on social media. The athlete simply reviews the content and hits approve. Open Doors does the rest. If you're an athlete, start using Open Doors as a tool today to build your personal brand and maximize your value on social media. If you're a brand trying to connect with athletes who you thought you'd never be able to gain access to on your own, Open Doors is your solution. Open Doors makes athletes more accessible to the people who support them. Visit opendoors.com or follow them on social media at Open Doors.